Welcome back to Hour 2 of 4 for The George Show on this Friday, the 5th of January. You heard the news, of course, tomorrow the anniversary of the events that took place at the Capitol on January the 6th. Just a few, I can't believe it's been three freaking years, but three years ago, you know, there's going to be wall-to-wall coverage of that and commentary on that in the mainstream legacy media. That's not going to be us. We're not going to talk about that right now because we have some good, awesome local local news to discuss. The uh, I I don't want to go uh, Keith Jackson here, but the granddaddy of them all, not the Rose Bowl, no, the the other thing, and that's like the Super Bowl of all things. Uh, cattle, I think that's what they call it, is the National Western Stock Show is in town. There's no better guest to have on the line than someone who knows it inside and out. Unfortunately, we couldn't find that person. So instead, we're turning to J.J. Ament. He is the CEO for the Denver Chamber. He's a buddy, also a wicked smart guy, big local dude as well, and he knows things about the impact of the National Western Stock Show on Denver. Hey, sir, thanks for joining us. Good morning, George. I'm glad to be with you. It's good to see you and to hear you sober. No, I'm kidding. I told, <laughs> I told Cinnamon, I'm like, J.J.'s going to do a great job as long as he's sober this time, and that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> do us a favor for folks that don't remember all the great stuff you have done in the community. Just give us a little bit of your background leading up to you becoming the CEO of the Denver Chamber. Well, it's a great job as CEO of the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce. The, the chamber is celebrating its 158th birthday wow. this year, so it's about nine years older than Colorado is a state. And uh, I'm a lifelong Coloradan, grew up on my family's farm and cattle ranch out in Logan County, uh, spent my time a little bit in agriculture, a lot in investment banking uh, before I came to the to work on economic development activities at the chamber and uh been some time on the state's economic development commission and then two years now i've been in the role as president and ceo of colorado's uh, largest and oldest chamber of commerce you're also weirdly ageless like i just saw you <laughs> however many months ago at that dinner and i'm like could you please like get gray hair or wrinkles or something because i feel like i'm aging like at one point i thought yeah we could have been age peers now i feel like i could be your older in less good shape uh, brother I mean, what's going on? What's your secret? Well, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but I get to do a lot of really spectacular things as I get to travel the U.S. and the world uh, explaining why Colorado is a great place to live and do business. And, and part, of that, part of that is our Western heritage in Colorado, and that leads us to the National Western Stock Show, which is the, the Super Bowl of livestock shows, as you mentioned. And uh, the Common Sense Institute here in Colorado just released a new economic study that shows the, the economic impact of the National Western at $171 million Dang. every year. Dang, that's uh, and real. And that's enormously significant, not just for our rural farming and ranching families, uh, but certainly for the urban parts of Colorado. If I've said before from an economic development standpoint, if the stock show didn't exist, we would need to invent it. Uh, because nothing puts people in hotels and restaurants uh, in 16 days in January in Denver, Colorado, like the stock show does. 16 days. There's something else. This study, which is like all CSI studies, I mean, it's just fantastic, chock full of great data, but it also makes the data tangible and a little more relevant when it compares it to other things. Talk about the number of attendees that go over this 16-day period. Yeah, this year we'll have more than 700,000 people oh attend the Lord. National Western uh, from all 50 states this year. Last year, 48 states. This year, all 50. 
and 33 different countries from around the world will be in Colorado to participate in activities around the National Western, and that's all highlighted in the Common Sense Institute's report. And for folks who really want to see the details, they can go view the report directly at commonsenseinstitute.co.org and get all of the details, but it really makes Colorado the center of the universe as far as livestock and agriculture is concerned for the next 16 days and gives us a chance to highlight how important agriculture is to Colorado's economy, because while the stock show is $170 million a year, our farming and ranching families in Colorado put $47 billion oh. into the economy on an annual basis, and it's still one of our largest and most important industries in this state. Well, do you, do you know, J.J., um, where that ranks with other industries, like what's above it? If there is uh, so anything? computer sciences is large, aerospace is large, but uh, agriculture is second, third, or fourth, depending on the particular year and wow. market prices. And, and that goes to show the challenges that some of our farming and ranching families have, because compared to those other industries, farmers and ranchers are about the only folks I know who buy everything retail and sell their final product wholesale. That's just the opposite of what every other industry does. So it, it, it's really a unique position that our farming and ranching families have as a business proposition, even though what they produce is essential for every other resident of Colorado and, and resident of the world. They, they grow what we eat. Will they be introducing wolves at this year's National Western Star Trek? <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> That's one of those things, George, that's so important about stock shows, trying to help bridge the urban-rural divide that continues to seem to grow in our state. And, so true. And helping our, our city cousins understand that some public policy, and we can think about this as the legislature's just around the corner and ballot initiatives are banging around, uh, there's some public policy in politics that may be suitable for our urban centers that is just not suitable for rural Colorado. And yet sometimes the vote comes from along the front range and, and it neglects the needs and, and wishes of our rural communities. So one of the things that the Denver Metro Chamber is certainly committed to is making sure that all of Colorado uh, achieves economic success. And that means uh, paying special attention to rural communities and farming and ranching families who are essential to Colorado's economy and to our way of life but may not have the numbers needed to outvote the front range on particular policy issues. And Wolves is, a, is the perfect example of that. And the Denver Metro Chamber opposed wolf reintroduction. Uh, and that and it was opposed by rural Colorado, too. But it's one of those examples of why we need to work so closely together and be good partners between our urban and rural communities. We're talking with J.J. Amen. He's the CEO of the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce, 158 years old. Um, I, I would say Not this me, to the chamber, George, the chamber. Well, you could be the undead. I'm telling you, based <laughs> on the fact someone's going to pull a picture up from like 1890 of the Denver and you will be in the background there with a mustache or something. People are like, oh! it's like the vampire Lestat, the vampire Ament. Um, the other thing is, I, I think for a lot of people listening, they've heard about the National Western Stock Show. There are people in Colorado, in the metro area who've never been. And I just think that's amazing. That's like growing up in Colorado and having never gone skiing. It's just one of those things that you just got to carve out time to go. And and we used to take the kids every single year. And then we I've missed like the last two years. It is, it is on the agenda to get the kids there, at least the two that aren't in college right now, to this thing. 
before the end of the 16 days because it, you just you can't describe it well enough, right? Like if you just sit back and yeah. think, oh, uh, there's livestock. It's not like that. I mean, some of the nights are incredible, especially when they do the, the rodeo stuff, when you get to the yep. championship round. Incredible stuff. It's just so much fun. And the kids love it, too. You see all these kids running around in their little cowboy hats and their boots. You see the, the kids from rural Colorado with the calves they've raised and the different. I mean, it, it's an amazing experience, and it really reminds you of what's unique and special about Colorado. That's certain. That's so true. 30 different rodeos will happen. It's one of the top four rodeos in the United States. Uh, 11 horse shows, dozens of other opportunities. There's acres and acres of shopping and, and food. It is it is something literally for kids of all ages, uh, from little ones to grown-ups. Uh, people will need to go quick. Nationalwestern.com is where you can buy tickets. Those rodeos and horse shows will sell out uh, before the end of the show. Uh, it, there really is nothing like stock show. And so for everyone local, uh don't miss it. It's a really cool opportunity to go out and see all of the activities and the history and the Western heritage. Uh, and then, you know, let's remember, too, the whole reason we keep our Christmas lights on through January started at Stock Show. It was at least in the 1920s, Christmas decorations around town were left up. And then, then starting in the 1950s, everyone began leaving their Christmas lights up through Stock Show to welcome those folks coming from other states and around the world to, to participate. So it's part of Colorado's heritage for sure for the last 118 years, and we certainly see a bright future for the National Western for the next 100. Well, in our household, too, we've pushed that out to President's Day, which coincides with the HOA letter that gets sent out that says, <laughs> time to take them down, right? Like, this is it. You're in February. Move on. I want to talk a little bit about this, again, comprehensive and awesome analysis by the Common Sense Institute. And you can find the report, as J.J. said, at commonsenseinstituteco.org. This this more than 700,000 attendees, I, I love it when they do this. It is the equivalent of filling every single seat. At Empower Home at Mile High, I don't know why we even call it Empower Home, but and I know I know you know why I don't. Mile High Stadium for every single Broncos home game. That's how many people over 16 days are going to come to the stock show. That's incredible. Um, some of the other stuff too. They uh, tried to compare what will be brought in over 16 days versus some other entities. So. As JJ said, $171 million over 16 days. CU Buffs football, even with Prime there to draw all that attention, will bring in $113 million for all of its season home games. In 16 days, boom, we eclipse that by a ton. Denver Nuggets, the finals, huge economic but $25 million. NBA All-Star Game, $70.5 million. And the DCPA, which is a wonderful thing, I also need to put that on the calendar, of course, $300 million. There just isn't – the, the one thing I don't see it compared with, J.J., is Taylor Swift. I just don't know. How does it compare to Tay-Tay? <laughs> yeah, well, she's remarkable, right? Maybe we should get Taylor to come back to National Western just to boost the numbers for maybe the 120th anniversary in a couple of years. Mm, that would be genius. Speaking of the future – Tell us what you know about what there's an expansion that's been planned and discussed and funded and is underway now. It's been for years. What's going on? Yeah, both the private supporters of Stock Show and the city of Denver and the state of Colorado have committed to the new National Western Center, and more than a billion dollars is being invested in new facilities, and that's part of the economic contribution 
um, all to make stock show resilient and ready for the next uh, 100 years so that we become really the center of food and water research and water stewardship and how are we going to affordably provide nutritious quality food uh, for a few billion more people on the planet in the years ahead and that research and innovation is going to take place at the National Western Center and that it really does keep Colorado on the world stage as, as I travel around the world as uh, the chamber executive, uh, Colorado's famous around the world for agriculture, livestock in particular. Four of our top ten global exports in Colorado are livestock products. So when you're traveling whoa, whoa, whoa. the what world, are they? We're, what are they? Yeah, livestock, and, uh, primarily beef and, and swine, and increasingly Colorado lamb. Um, huh. So those products are what puts Colorado on the map, along with our aerospace and computer sciences and tech industries. Um, but it's a, it's a hugely important opportunity for us, and the community is coming together to make that investment uh, to continue the legacy of the National Western and support our farming and ranching families. And then don't forget, too, the National Western is still a 501c3 nonprofit whose primary objective is education. And all of the resources that come together at the National Western are then made available in scholarships, some $600,000 in scholarships given every year to students in Colorado, Wyoming, who pursue agriculture, education, or rural medicine. It says $3.6 million on educational and scholarship programs and all this stuff. I did not know that about the top four exports for us being uh, beef and then swine, which I presume is a bigger word for pork. And then I didn't know that. frozen and fresh. Yeah, I didn't know that about lamb. That's not bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, nice. That's I saw what you did there. That's yeah, good. boom. That's what I did. A little goat boy. Um, yeah, the, and the, it's it's domestic too, George. You know, of the top ten agricultural producing counties in the United States, nine of them are in California, but the one that is not in California is Weld County, wow, Colorado. Wow. And, and having that that rural and livestock and agriculture center adjacent to an urban center with all the technology and innovation that's occurring in business, being able to put those two things right next door to each other is something that Colorado does as well or better than any other place in the world. And it really creates us an opportunity to have a real leadership position on water and food uh, as we go into the next uh, 100 years. You know, it's not just the economic benefit to the metro area as highlighted by this great study by the Common Sense Institute. But it's the idea that if we don't make these investments in the future of the National Western Stock Show, there'd be no guarantee that it couldn't pick up and move a little bit to the east, to an Oklahoma or down to a Texas or something like that. I mean, that's very possible, too. What a huge, devastating loss that would be based on this report. Uh, For sure. And that's why the chamber... Uh, looks at it just like we look at other economic development opportunities and assets of our community and and want to make sure that we do everything we need to to keep Colorado competitive uh, in in rural and, and livestock and ag and make sure that we are ready for those that would love to have stock show in their own communities. And, and then, you know, again, the importance of highlighting farming and ranching families to Colorado. Not only are they growing everything that we eat, but our farming and ranching families in the state are providing wildlife habitat, open space, water stewardship, in addition to nutritious and affordable food uh, for us in the world. So the contributions made that get highlighted at the stock show 
uh, really highlight for everyone how important our rural farming and ranching families are to, to the thing that we think of when we call it Colorado. I, uh, I'm impressed with the, the, the report, too, is just a way of providing that extra justification for us to continue to patronize it, but also to support it. And you know that those other states that would want to gobble this thing up, everything you just said about it, they recognize, dang, if we could get that out here, what a huge boon to our people. So, you know, to show weakness on this issue of support for the National Western, either by attendance or support for the future development of it, is just inviting something bad happening. And that is, you know, an entity like this moving on. My hope is that we're doing enough that we've secured them for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. We absolutely should. Uh, we compete in a market as an economy just like everyone else. Our market happens to be other metropolitan regions and states around the United States and sometimes around the world. And when we have crown jewel assets like the National Western, we as a community, whether we're in the urban parts of Colorado or the rural parts of Colorado, we need to unite behind the, the National Western and make sure that it continues to become, <clears throat> continues to be and continues to become that essential asset uh, for livestock and, and agriculture, and not just in Colorado, but really around the world. I did not tell you I was going to ask you about this, but solve the migrant crisis. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do it. We're, we're out of time to have that part of the conversation. We'll have to have you back at another time to answer some more of those political hot potato questions. But uh, you've done a great job on this. I love that you're the voice on the Common Sense Institute's report on the uh, National Western Stock Show, which you can find at commonsenseinstituteco.org. Common Sense Institute with the little Colorado thing, CO at the end, dot org. J.J. Ament, CEO of the Denver Metro Chamber, perhaps one of the undead yet to be seen. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. Good to be with you, George. Thanks. Great job. Happy New Year, buddy. Uh, that was J.J. Ament. Great dude. Super smart. You can just hear that guy. He just knows stuff, and I'm glad he does because the position he's in is a pretty powerful one in terms of being a supporter of the economic drivers that keep uh, the Denver area afloat. You can talk about all the state policy in the world, and they certainly weigh in on it, but, man, the metro area is a big generator. And I love that his focus... Early on in the conversation was, we've got to bridge the dang divide between um, rural and urban. And that's truer than you can possibly imagine. When the number of people that are in the Gold Dome hail from that Denver-Boulder corridor, their care and interest in the things that don't touch them, like rural Colorado, is so de minimis. Uh, same thing with the voters. I mean, it was the Denver-Boulder voters that released livestock hunting and killing wolves into the state of Colorado. I don't know if you've read those articles, by the way, as an aside. they they uh, The people that were releasing the wolves promised Coloradans, specifically ranchers, we are not going to release problematic wolves into this area. You know what I mean? We just love the and all the pictures of the wolves with their pretty eyes staring at the camera surrounded by snow and trees, and they look like they could be domesticated, and they can't, but... Instead, they went to Oregon. Oregon said, hey, we've captured, I don't know why killed, but captured these predatory wolves. We'd like to move them out of Oregon. That Oregon hated them that much. We don't want you in the state anymore. Colorado said, we'll take them and release them into the wild here in Colorado. No joke, not made up. You can Google it. I mean, that would be like Oregon saying, hey, We've got a whole bunch of aggravated robbers and rapists here that we just can't seem to keep under control. Can we move them to Colorado? And Colorado said, sure, 
Sure, sure, we'll take them. We'll figure out a way to make them law-abiding. That's what we've done. But I really appreciate J.J.'s focus on trying to um, encourage not only the National Western Stock Show to stay around, but to encourage us bridging that that rural-urban divide, which is so very real. Listen, if you want to make a comment, I've got some text already on the National Western. You go into this thing? I'm going to. I haven't picked the day yet. I'm trying to figure out what's still available online and how it matches up with the kids' schedules. Because I go back to school next week, if you can believe Uh, Yep, go back to school a week from Tuesday, this past Tuesday. That can't be right. The ninth Christmas break is already coming to an end. Yeah, I'm not going to get them there before that, so i got to figure out a way to get them there for one of the evening shows. And they have stuff throughout the day, every day. It's just such a great event and so uniquely Colorado. You ought to check them out. Go to that National Western Stock Show website, but also check out this report at coloradoinstituteco.org. Hey, listen, give us a call, 303-696-1971. We'll keep talking about uh, this topic, but I want to revisit the Iowa One and Solutions because we had so many texts about it. It's George Brockler on the George Show, 710 KNUS. I just saw an ad for something super cool that I hope there's some tickets left for in September. I can't even remember where. Def Leppard's coming to town as part of a bigger thing with Journey, and I can't remember who else, but I'm like, what the? I don't know why it spoke to me, but all of a sudden I'm like, this has got to, i got to figure out a way to get tickets to this. And you'd think that the radio guys get access to it, as you've heard Billy talk about, who's been in the business forever. That day has long since passed, but... Def Leppard bringing on the heartache. Uh, is it heartache or heartbreak? It's break. James, just correct me. Bringing on the heartbreak. Uh, they're going to be here, I want to say, like September 8th. Also, news that came out. Billy Joel, July the 12th at Coors Field. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tickets aren't on sale yet. They go on sale depending upon whether you're a Verizon or City card holder or something like that. You can start getting them as early as I think, like, June, I'm sorry, January 8th or 9th, which is just next week. But, oh, my gosh, I want to come out and see that guy before he's gone. I've never seen the old BJ live. I missed the whole, you know, dueling piano thing he did with uh, EJ Elton John. But, man, I want to go and see this thing. And what a great time to be at Coors Field right there in the middle of July. Uh, but that's out there as well. By the way, George Brockler on the George Show, 710 Kenyos. My great thanks to J.J. Amantha, CEO of the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce, a juggernaut and influencer in its own right, and it has been apparently for 158 years since before we were a state. Talking about the National Western Stock Show and the economic impact, and you can find that study at the Common Sense Institute CO.org website uh, prominently displayed there. I want to shift back to this other topic because we've had text on it. And, And folks, I know it's Friday, and sometimes we go a little bit lighter on the Friday thing, and there's some national news to talk about. We'll get to the Haley DeSantis town hall thing here later. But, um, you know, whether it's my career or the fact that I'm a father of four public school attending kids, two of whom are now in college, this school shooting thing in Iowa, whenever something like this happens, a mass shooting at a school, I just think we're obligated to revisit what we've done as a society here and to continue, you and I, to have the conversation through text and calls at 303-696-1971 to discuss what have we done to get here and what is the way forward. And I think what we've seen now with this one, and this maybe this is why it's not getting the coverage either. If this 17-year-old had showed up with a semi-automatic rifle, like an AR fill-in-the-blank or what people misname assault rifles, you know this would have gotten more coverage. 
if this guy had been a dude who had Trump all over his social media, this would have gotten more coverage. But we seem to have a, a guy that at least, and this is all speculation on my part based on the things that I've read online. You've probably seen this too, that he may have had gender identity things going on, that this may have been the product of bullying. As that develops, we may hear more about that. We may hear more. And then the media, of course, will jump to, hey, is this about us uh, not tolerating the dudes can use girls bathrooms conversation or conservative Iowa? And what has it done with the trans community? We'll hear stuff like that. But no one's going to go back and say, huh, not a single one of the gun laws that we've proposed and passed over the last decade plus since Sandy Hook. I mean, it's been 12 years. 2024 will be 12 years since Aurora Theater and Sandy Hook, none of those laws would have made a damn difference here in this case. Now what? They're running out of things to take away from us other than just guns themselves. We've got to acknowledge that's not the issue. That's not the issue. You cannot Australia away firearms in America. Not going to happen. You might be able to take them away from the law abiding, but you're not making all the guns disappear. So it can't be that. So what is it? What And what's the response to it? For me, I think one of the core things we've done, and this is not fixable overnight or over a single generation, we've just sent the message to this young group of, of Americans here that life just really doesn't have that much value. That if you don't value someone else's life, the life doesn't have intrinsic value. Some are going to say, hey, is this because we're killing off God in classrooms and in society? I got to believe that's part of it, man. If you don't think life is the product of God, if you don't think that it's divinely inspired, well, then it's easy to be like, well, you know, uh, life here on earth, human life is just an accident of science and biology. And an accident of science and biology doesn't deserve, I mean, this, this is what you hear from the people that want to have, like, their pets become recognized as, as right-having entities. But it's more than that. You know, I talked to you about euthanasia. I've talked to you about the abortion thing. Th- think about this with the euthanasia. Just think about this. We've gotten to a place where We will say as a justification for creating this loose, no concept of due process, red flag law, where teachers and Phil Weiser can seek to take your guns from you, that the basis for it is we're trying to save lives and there are people out there who use guns to take their own lives and we have to intervene because it's a product of mental illness and we have to intervene and stop them because life's just too precious and mental illness and all this other stuff. And that's why we get to take away your second amendment rights. I'm not diminishing at all the suicide. That's real. That's real. But those same people are the people that advocate for looser and looser standards and bases for euthanasia, for people showing up to talk to a doctor about, I'm really tired of the way I feel or I've got this chronic illness and I just don't think life is worth living. And please, you can give me the horror stories about the people who are in chronic pain all the time. But that is not the limitation of how this gets used. They're now debating whether or not people suffering from eating disorders should be allowed to die on their own. No. Right. But 
So we, it's not the red flag thing. It is not about saving lives. That's garbage. It's about the guns. But we've just created this environment where life is just not that valuable anymore. You know, when you can abort a baby in Colorado past the moment it leaves the mother, or I'm sorry, the birthing person, or whatever the hell they call it, what message are we sending, man? And, and, and I don't want to hear any more garbage about, oh, that rarely happens. Okay, if it's not that big a deal, outlaw it. If late-term abortion isn't that big a deal, outlaw it. Limit it to just the life of the mother or the fetus or something. But please, please stop telling me that we need to have abortion up to and including through kindergarten, which is, I think, where Colorado's law is right now. But you create an environment like that, couple that with the political discourse that we have. Think about that. Think about that. How many people, even on this show, text in, email in, and call in, Joe Biden is a traitor, so-and-so is a traitor, and engage in treason. We got people on the right talking about things like people swinging from the gallows. And we've gotten to the point now where political disagreement has to be coupled with conversations about taking life. You know who hears that? That next generation. And now they associate strong disagreement. If you can talk your way into believing that someone is a threat to the Constitution and the American way of life as you see it and as you define it, they get to forfeit their lives. We get to take their lives from them. All of these things have this sort of unquantifiable cumulative effect on the psyche of people. Adults too, but kids, man. This is what's going on in society. So, yeah, let's talk about the guns. Let's talk about the short-term solutions like SROs and hardening schools and all that stuff and doing the drills where now, instead of talking about where Timmy and Sally sit in class, one of the things we have to build in is time for them to learn what to do when they turn off the lights and lock the rooms and lay down in the crevices of the classroom during a school shooting. But let's not tackle the real root of this problem, which is society... We've allowed society to just devalue life. Now listen, I'm a proponent of the death penalty. Right? I believe that there has to be an ultimate sanction for ultimate crimes. There has to be, in for justice, a way to distinguish between what I'm going to call, and please don't take this the wrong way, a regular murder and something like Aurora Theater. I believe that. But I'll tell you this. If the other side was willing to trade away abortion for the death penalty, if we were in that position, you would get my attention. We could have that conversation. If we were going to protect life, start to stop, I'll have that conversation with you because that's the kind of change that makes this less of an issue. I got people texting in that says, yeah, I went to school in rural Colorado where kids are driving to school with rifles in their truck. Do you remember things like this happening back then? I don't. I'm sure there was school violence at some level, but come on. This is crazy. Social media is part of this, too. I had a good friend who's in education text me and say, it's crazy how unregulated what uh, kids are allowed to consume is. We let them put all sorts of garbage in their heads, and then when they act on it, 
and do something horrific, we excuse it away by saying, whoa, 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 whoa. They have these undeveloped brains. We got to treat them like they're differently. Well, let's treat them like they're differently on the front end before they stick those things between their ears. We don't do that either. I don't know, folks. I feel like we're pretty broken here, but I'm open to solutions. 303-696-1971. There's uh, some text coming in. You intend to mandate God? Question mark. You're not offering solutions. You intend? No, I don't intend to mandate God. I mean, that, that's not American either. But it's the opposite. We haven't mandated God. We've killed off God in school. I mean, any idea that remember back in the day, it seems like it was years ago. Now there was discussions about moments of silence in school. How do we honor the kids that want to take a moment to worship and all that stuff? Oh, man, that became hugely controversial. We can't have a moment of silence for that. Instead, we got to have time to talk about how uh, gender is what you make of it. I'm not mandating God, but let's stop killing him off. Do you know what I mean? Let's stop creating an environment where we diminish his existence or impact in people's lives. No, not mandate it. But let's just stop discriminating against it. What if we just did that? I was away from the radio for an hour and then tuned you back on. You are fired up. What happened? Well, this thing this thing inflames my passions here because, again, I want to remind you, five victims, and I do not consider the 17-year-old a victim who took his own life. Five victims, including the principal who got shot. It sounds like multiple times, maybe critical condition. Hopefully he's going to be fine. Three other students injured, but a, a sixth grader murdered. First day of school back after Christmas break. Damn, man, we've all had 12-year-olds. I mean, maybe 11. Think about what they were doing under the Christmas tree, you know, just days ago. And we've got this crap going on in Iowa, for Christ's sake. I mean, if we can't talk about this problem in real terms and talk about what's ailing society and our role in either being permissive about it or outright promoting it. We are failing our generation and the next. Man, I don't want this for any parent. And here we are. There are parents out there whose lives are changed forever because this thing happened. And I don't know what to do about it. But if the answer is red flag and guns, you're a moron provably ineffective, provably false. I don't know, man. I I don't know. It's just, it's a real struggle here. 303-696-1971 is the number. Jay, I promise I'm going to take you. You're from a rural part of Colorado. Always a good call. I'm going to get to you, but I don't want to cut you off. So let's do this. Let me take a little bit of an early break. We'll come back. We'll get Jay, the other people calling in at 303-696-1971, a line open. And then some of the texts coming in as well. Um, I know it's not an uplifting topic, man, but we have to have this conversation. I, I just want to hear your solutions. I just how, how do we get past this? It's just the guns are the tool, but they're not the problem. Come on, man. They're not the problem. I think the kid had a, an incendiary device, too, that had to be dismantled. We're going to outlaw bombs? Oh, spoiler alert. Bombs are outlawed. That's not it. We're not going to legislate away evil. Can't happen. 
Evil is like water. Where there is an opening, it will flow to it. We got to stop the water from showing up and we got to try to prevent the evil early. We're just not doing it. We're just not doing it. Hey, listen, let me talk to you a little bit about 2024 from a more positive aspect. You take a look in the mirror if you're a dude and you see that receding hairline, that thinning hair, and you think, oh man, I am not that old inside my body and inside my mind, but I'm looking older. You don't have to feel that way for 2024. Or moving forward. There are so many men out there in Denver and nobody wears a t-shirt. Hey, I went to go see Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic and they changed my life. But there are tons out there who have. This guarantee procedure, our friend Dr. Tanya Pauls, she's Colorado licensed medical provider. Okay, that says a ton. This sort of guaranteed walk in, walk out, same day, starts working next day, your own hair. What isn't there to love about the idea that you reclaim that youthful look and all the confidence and health benefits that come from that feeling? Why not do that? Give them a call at 720-440-7900. 720-440-7900. That first appointment's only 99 bucks, which includes... Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking... <laughs> I said Rocky Mountain men's clinic because uh i of course am uh am a moron um l- let's do this let's cut away for a break while i gather up the right thing here and we'll continue to have this conversation i think it's just because i'm so stirred up on this topic hey uh, stick around george brockler 710 KUS. my favorite part of the old bon jovi song from back in the day another blast from the past high school days love to hear that george brockler with you here on the george show 710 KUS. let me do a quick reset on this live read because as you listen to my little rant in that last segment caused me to completely de- <laughs> derail on a live read for such a good group called Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic, which you can check out at RockyMountainMensClinic.com. These are the good folks that provide you this simple, easy, 10-question, two-minute quiz on their website to answer the question about whether or not you've got a low testosterone issue. Now, I know for dudes, you think about that and you're like, oh, my God, that can't be me. That isn't me. Listen, it just happens. It's not your fault. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It's part of the aging process. And if you've got that, you've lost that spring in your step, you're sleeping poorly. My God, I am. You just can't seem to get your motor going. The workouts don't seem to be doing as much for you. Maybe it's a low testosterone. Why not find out? Instead of just surfing the web, looking for some magic thing, take the quiz. Go to RockyMountainMensClinic.com. Take the quiz. Set up the the appointment, 720-440-7900, 720-440-7900, like so many other men have. $99 first initial visit, but here's the deal. You say, hey, listen, I want to do this thing. I think I want to move forward and fix my life, make it better. Uh, the $99 goes the way of the dodo because it gets rolled into the, to the rest of the treatment. Why not do what so many have done? See the changes. Feel like 2024 is the year you get that health back. Check them out at RockyMountainMensClinic.com. Let's get to the phone lines, as I promised. They're full right now because this topic is too important to ignore. Jay from Sterling, I promised you you'd get time, my man. Tell us what you're thinking. You got charisma, and I hands down to you, and I, I admire that. And you got logical thought process, and that's what's missing is logical thought process, you know? When you and look you at have that, I appreciate those words, man. But you're in rural Colorado, right? Like when you hear seven, seven minutes from 911 call to showing up at the school, that's an eternity, right? Like it's STEM. We got super lucky because the substation 
was, you know, like, what, a quarter mile away. So they got there in milliseconds. But you're in rural Colorado. What's the answer to this? How, how do we deal with well, this? Well, you know, here's where I look at it. Here's how I see things now, now that I'm 48 years old. But, you know, we grew up on the farms, and, you know, we all had guns. We all grew up hunting and fishing and whatever have you, you know. But it's it. I think it goes back to the the only conclusion I come up with, it goes back to the parents that didn't grow up with common sense. Like Ronald Reagan said in 1989, common sense ain't so common. And he said that in 89, Reagan did. You know, and he was right. What, what do we not? It, 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 it goes back to the parenting. Is, is it the common the sense? Is it, is it values? I mean, that's what I'm postulating here. Is Correct. That common sense is a big part of it, but it, it's, it's values. Like we've just Correct. changed society. Absolutely, we did. And I think it was all done by design. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into that but you know they don't understand i mean it's like the people that go go to the farm go to the grocery store and they see a carton of eggs they don't understand all the hard work that we put into this stuff to create the eggs or to grow the feed for the chickens they don't understand the whole logistics of the whole circle you know but but i so i always go back to the parents but they didn't grow up like we did and they didn't grow up with values and respect I mean, whether you want to believe in God or not, I mean, I'm, I do, but whatever have you, I don't want to go there. But values of self-respect, not so no matter, you know, it goes back to the old Eagles song, you know, my mommy's too fat and my daddy's too whatever, whatever, get over it. Because you got to take personal responsibility for yourself, personal responsibility for who you are. You can make yourself whoever you want to be now you are in control of your own life you have the ability to change and go into whichever demeanor you want to well there's a lot of truth in that jay i just and i agree with you but there are are two things we need to be talking about and you and i are having part of the conversation there has to be longer term solutions and what you're talking about what i'm talking about when you talk about the values of life those are longer term generational solutions but we need the short term ones too we haven't figured that out we keep telling ourselves if we just ban enough guns we can stop evil from showing up that's, that's never going to happen it's never ever no, going to happen that's not the answer did not that's not that's what i'm saying it, it, these politicians they keep going after this. Well, they might as well ban slingshots, for God's sake. <laughs> Jay, bow and arrows. Happy New Year, man. You can hear that music. They're about to cut us off. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for getting the conversation started. Look, Jay's line is open. D, Tony, I promise you hang on. We're going to get you after the top there. I want to keep this going. It's just too important. 303-696-1971. It's George Brockler on The George Show, 710 KNUS.